The Gospel reading this morning comes from the ninth chapter of Mark, verses 2 to 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Most of you know what autism is, I think. Jason McElwain was born with autism. He was raised in a little town in upstate New York called Greece. A lot of classic names in upstate New York. When he was in high school, he went to Greek Greece Athena High School, and he spent four years as manager of his high school basketball team. That meant he got to practice early to get the gym ready. During practice, he would bring, and games, he would bring the players their Gatorade. Afterwards, he would pick up all the towels in the locker room. And during the games, he would sit on the sideline and cheer. But for the last game of his senior year, Jason's coach, Jim Johnson, added him to the team roster. It was a divisional championship game, but the coach hoped that if the team was winning easily, he might even be able to get Jason some playing time, and maybe Jason could even score a basket. There's four minutes left to go in the game. The team was up by 20 points when Jason McElwain got into the ball game. The home team crowd went wild with enthusiasm. Everybody in the small town knew Jason. They knew how hard he had worked as manager of the team for the past four years. Someone had made photocopies of Jason's pictures, and all the fans held them high overhead as they cheered for Jason's teammates to get him the ball. And they did. But Jason's first shot was an air ball. That means it didn't go in for those who aren't basketball fans. His second shot missed as well. But the fans kept cheering, and suddenly Jason got hot. In his first, last, and only high school varsity basketball game, Jason McElwain scored 20 points in four minutes, including six three-pointers. After the final buzzer rang, the crowd dashed onto the court in celebration. And that, my friends, is what we call 
a mountaintop experience. A mountaintop experience changes our life. Mountaintop experiences get their name from the experience that happened to Jesus and his three closest friends on a mountain in Galilee. By the way, there's a mountain going up right over there in the corner. I don't know if you can see it. (laughs) We heard the story in this morning's scripture. Just as Moses went up on a mountain to speak to God and receive his law, Jesus took Peter, James, and John on a journey up a mountain. When they reached the top, Jesus was transformed before the disciples' eyes. His clothes dazzled and his whole body seemed to glow. Moses and Elijah stood with him and God spoke saying, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Peter, James, and John were amazed They'd been following Jesus for years. They had traveled with him, lived with him, and they thought they knew all about him. But then Jesus is transfigured. As theologian Debbie Thomas writes, before their very eyes, Jesus changes, becoming fully himself and fully unrecognizable. God speaks, Jesus is transformed. And the outlook of the three disciples will never be the same. One summer, when I was eight years old, I went to visit my grandparents who lived in Winnetka, Illinois, which is on Lake Michigan, north of Chicago. And one day, my grandfather took me to Wrigley Field. Anybody ever been to Wrigley Field? All right, then you've been to Mecca. You understand. (laughs) Now, my grandfather was old enough to remember the last time that the Cubs were the best team in baseball, winning the World Series in 1907 and 1908. When I saw them play, this was back in the late 50s, they weren't very good at all, even though they had the best player in baseball. Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks won two Most Valuable Player Awards in a row playing for a losing team. That's never happened in the history of baseball. That day, I became a Cubs fan. I wore my my Cubs tie this morning, just... (laughs) a Wrigley Field fan, and an Ernie Banks fan for life, just like my grandfather. And one of the most memorable, some of you remember this one, mountaintop experiences of my life came two and a half years ago at one o'clock in the morning after a rain delay in the 10th inning of the seventh game when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series for the first time since 1908. One of my mountaintop experiences 
took place right here in Redondo Beach. It was six years ago. It was the first Sunday of the new year. My husband and I were attending First United Methodist Church in Redondo Beach. Pastor Molly was on vacation. The lay leader gave a very good morning message. Then it was time for communion because it was the first Sunday of the month. And Molly had asked a retired pastor, Pastor Lorenzo, to preside over communion. Well, the lay leader came up to the pulpit, stood nervously, and said as he was looking back and forth and up and down, would Pastor Lorenzo please come forward? I was sitting about halfway in the congregation. I turned around quickly. I didn't see anybody coming up. I looked in front of me. There was nobody going to the front. It was as if the Holy Spirit raised my hand and stood me up right in the middle of a worship service. Not in my comfort zone. And I said, I'm a United Methodist pastor. The lay leader sighed with relief and waved me to come forward. I got up and announced that I was a district superintendent in the Greater New Jersey Conference, and I led the communion service. Coming out of church, people called me the Christmas miracle. <laughs> it was a day I will never forget. How often do we need something and God provides for us? How many times is there a United Methodist pastor sitting in your congregation when you need them most? We all need mountaintop experiences, experiences of God's presence and power, experiences of God's goodness and grace. Mountaintop experiences give us strength for the journey ahead. When times are tough, when we're feeling discouraged, when we're tempted to give up, the memories of those mountaintop experiences give us the knowledge that God is always with us and can give us hope and courage. The disciples experienced the power of God on, those, on that mountaintop that day. It is this experience of God's presence that will sustain their discipleship for years to come, even when times got tough. After graduating from high school, Jason McElwain got a full-time job at the local Wegmans supermarket. Anybody ever been to Wegmans? Okay, you know what that is, too. Okay, good. They have them out here? No. No. Sad, right? Anyway, Jason also joined Coach Johnson as a volunteer assistant coach of the Greece Athena basketball team. He also became kind of an internet sensation. He became a public speaker. He travels across the United States to help raise awareness and funds for autism research. He's appeared on the Oprah Winfrey Show. So this was a while ago. 
Good Morning America and Today. And Jason McElwain has also become an accomplished long-distance runner. He finished 15th in the Rochester, New York Marathon. He completed the Boston Marathon in under three hours. The good news is that mountaintop experiences are all around us if we are open to them. Evangelist Dwight Moody told this story about a Christian woman who was always bright and cheerful and optimistic. Even though she was confined to her room because of her illness, she lived in the attic on the fifth floor of an old rundown building. A friend decided to visit her one day and brought along another woman, a person of great wealth. Since there was no elevator, the two ladies began the long climb upward to the fifth floor. When they reached the second floor, the well-to-do woman said, What a dark and filthy place. Her friend replied, It's better higher up. When they arrived at the third landing, the lady remarked, Things even look worse here. Again the reply, It's better higher up. Finally, they reached the attic, where they found the bedridden woman with a smile on her face that radiated with joy in her heart. Although the room was clean and flowers were on the windowsill, the room was a little dark and dreary, and the wealthy visitor could not contain herself. She blurted out, it must be very difficult for you to be here like this. Without hesitation, the shut-in responded, it will be better higher up. Her eyes were focused on the highest of all mountains, the heavenly kingdom of God. It all depends on our attitude. Little boy, sometimes the mountains fall down. (laughs) But that's okay. The little boy was out in his backyard throwing a ball up in the air, and then catching it when it came down. Neighbor walking by asked the little boy what he was doing. The boy replied, I'm playing a game of catch with God. I throw the ball up in the air. God throws it back. That boy had the right attitude. It's true that what goes up must come down, but life's ups and downs are a lot better when you know that God is in the game with you. On April 3rd, 1968, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. preached his last sermon. This was the night before he was assassinated. And these are his words. I don't know what will happen. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. And I don't mind like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he has allowed me to go to the mountaintop. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people we'll get to the promised land. And I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. 
I'm not a fearing man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Jesus is calling you to the mountaintop. Are you ready to see the glory of the Lord? And will you go and tell the world about the power of his love? Amen.